I want you to take your Bibles or your apps or whatever you read on. And this morning, I want you to turn to the book of John chapter four. That's the book of John chapter four. Now, if you're not familiar with where the book of John is located in the Bible, uh, what I want you to do is turn to the table of contents. Uh, In the table of contents, you'll find that the Bible is broken up into two main sections, the Old and the New Testaments. Uh, Now, John is found in the second section, the New Testament. It's actually the fourth book in that uh, section. Uh, So find the book of John under the New Testament and turn to chapter four. Now, as you're turning there, I want to start with a question this morning. Have you ever been really thirsty? I mean, not just kind of thirsty, but have you ever been really, really thirsty? Uh, Water, of course, is essential to life. We all know that. Uh, If you were uh, pulled away from all of your needs, uh, the the thing that would uh, be your greatest need the soonest would be your need for water, your thirst. Uh, Back in 2007, uh, a man actually died of thirst in the Utah desert. Uh, But what's interesting about uh, this particular story is that the man was not alone. He was with a, with a group of people. They were on an extreme uh, group excursion where they were pushing the limits of their minds and their bodies. Um, and, and the people from the group later uh, commented that uh, as he was struggling through his, his need for something to drink and his thirst was overtaking him, they noticed that he was struggling uh, with extreme cramps and that uh, his speech began to, to become slurred and that, that he began having hallucinations. Um, the irony of this tragedy is that the group was only about 100 feet away from a water source uh, when the need for water uh, took this man. You see, our need for water is one of our greatest physical needs in this world. And I think it's interesting that we all thirst for something. I've been talking about the physical thirst, the the thirst for water that our physical bodies require, but I think we are all thirsty for a great vast number of other things as well. And luckily for us, Jesus gives us a way to address and have our thirst quenched. And so I want you to take your Bibles and I want you to turn to John chapter four. We're gonna begin in verse seven. So John chapter four, starting in verse seven. Now let me give you a little background as you're finding verse seven. Uh, Jesus has uh, been in Jerusalem. He's visited with a man named Nicodemus. And now Nicodemus was a religious leader. He was an upper up. He was uh, very well thought of and was, was a great man. Um, and he has this great uh, discussion, this interaction with Nicodemus. And then he begins to travel back to Galilee, uh, where he's from. And to get to Galilee, he had to travel through a region called Samaria. And that's where we find him now uh, in John chapter 4. I'll come back to what Samaria was here in just a minute. But let's pick up and read John chapter 4, beginning in verse 7. It says this, a woman from Samaria came to draw water. They're they're at a well, and this woman has come to this well uh, to draw some water out. Jesus said to her, would you give me a drink? For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For the Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, 
If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with. And this well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. And Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not have to be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. It's an interesting passage. Now, I told you that I would come back to the idea of the, the region of Samaria. Let's talk about that for just a moment because that's important to understanding this, this uh, account from Jesus' life. Israel is a, a long country. It kind of spans a north uh, to south region. It's a long, skinny country. And in the south was where Jerusalem, the capital, is located. And in the north was where Galilee, where Jesus was from, where that was located. And in the middle, right there in the middle, between the, the southern region of Judah, where Jerusalem is located, and the northern region of Galilee, right in the middle is a place, a region called Samaria. Now, Samaria Area was very interesting country, or not country, a, a region in this day and time. You see, uh, a few hundred years before this takes place, uh, this part of the country had been invaded by the Assyrians. And the Assyrians uh, sent off, they, they deported a bunch of the Israelite uh, people when they invaded and conquered uh, this part of the Israelite nation. And when they deported these Israelites away, the remaining Israelites were kind of left there as people from the kingdom of Assyria kind of traveled in and relocated, kind of imported themselves or, or immigrated into the country. And that region where they kind of came in and relocated was called Samaria. And so now you have Assyrians and Israelite people living in the same place. And over time, these Assyrians and Israelites would intermarry and their cultures and religious practices became melded together. Now, on top of that, the Israelite people that lived in this particular region had a long history uh, of false worship, of not totally worshiping the God of Israel and worshiping the God of Israel when they did worship him, they worshiped him incorrectly. They, they didn't do the right things. And so now we come to Jesus's time, the, the area of Samaria is now um, a, a, a place that people didn't like to go to if they were Israelites. Um, it's reported that uh, Israelites that thought of themselves as being very religiously righteous, they would actually completely avoid going through that part of 
the, the region. They would avoid Samaria altogether. They would travel an extra three or four days to travel around that region and go a different route from Jerusalem to Galilee or from Galilee down to Jerusalem. But we find here in John 4 that Jesus has very intentionally gone right through Samaria and he has stopped at a city. His disciples have gone into town to buy some food. He's hanging out at a well and that's when he has the interaction with this woman. Now, one last part about the Samaritans is that the Jewish people hated the Samaritans. They despised them. Uh, it's recorded in some historical accounts that Israelite people would spit on Samaritans when they encountered them. They, they were thought of very, very lowly. Not only that, this is a woman in, in a male-dominant time of culture, of society, um, and she is, we're going to, if you keep reading past verse 15, you find out that she's not a very moral woman on top of that. So, so my point in bringing all this to light is this, this woman is literally the least of the lowliest of people. She is not a moral person. She's a woman. She's a Samaritan. She's the lowest of the low. And yet Jesus has intentionally planted himself in this moment to have an interaction with her. She is the least of the lowliest, but Jesus takes the time to explain how he can rescue her from her eternal death. And so here's my big idea. If you are familiar, if you've heard many of my sermons, you know that most of the time I have a big idea. It's this one sentence that kind of summarizes the main point, the main uh, idea of the message. And so here's my big idea for this week. If you're in the kitchen getting some coffee uh, or, or you're gathering up the children, gather everyone together, get back in front of the TV and listen to this one statement. And this one statement is this, everyone everywhere needs Jesus. Everyone, everywhere needs Jesus. You see, we all need the living water that Jesus provides. Uh, pick up your Bibles again. Look with me in verse 10. Verse 10, it says this, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. You see, we're all sinners in need of Jesus. We need Jesus to come and rescue us from the thirst that we are spiritually dying from. Here's, here's the scenario. Every person has disobeyed the law. Every person I'm specifically talking about, every person has disobeyed God's law. We are criminals in the eyes of God. We're guilty, we're condemned. We've done the wrong and we need somebody to take the punishment that we rightly deserve. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus as the son of God came and paid the price for each and every one of us. You see, he was and is the son of God. And he came to this earth, he taught about God and God's kingdom. And then he died on a cross. Even though he was sinless and perfect in every way, he died on a cross and that death paid the price for our crimes against God. He took your place. He took my place and he offers you eternal life 
instead of eternal spiritual death. That's why he is the living water. That's, the, that's why we need him. He's the ultimate rescue from our death. He satisfies our spiritual and eternal needs perfectly. He quenches our spiritual thirst. That's why he's the living water. And hear me closely. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he can quench your spiritual thirst. He can save you. He can rescue you. And all you have to do is believe in him. Believe that he was and is the son of God, that he lived a perfect sinless life, that he died on a cross for your sins. And on the third day, he rose from the grave and he ascended into heaven and he is in heaven with God the Father reigning over heaven and over the earth. Believe in that and make him the Lord of your life. Follow him. Live the life that he calls you to. If you're interested in making that decision right now, I want you to send a direct message to us. Uh, Throw something into the comments section uh, so that we can notice that you're there and we would love to have a conversation. Send us an email and we, we will reach out to you this week and we will have a conversation about what a life changing relationship with Jesus looks like, what it means. We would love to answer questions and, and help you in through that next step in your spiritual journey with Jesus. So circling back around, whether you know Jesus or not, we are all looking for ways to quench, your, quench our thirst. So how do you quench your thirst? Well, look with me again, uh, John chapter four, look with me in verse 13. Verse 13, and Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks this water, meaning the well that they're standing next to, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. Isn't that interesting? We will all be thirsty again if we're looking for the physical needs to be met or the mental needs. Anything short of Jesus is going to have us come back. We're, we're going to need to come back to that again to, to quench our thirst. It, it, only Jesus provides eternal, perfect thirst quencher. He's the only one that brings living water. But you see, we all try to satisfy our wants, don't we? Uh, many of us uh, go and purchase things. We buy things uh, to, to quench that, that need, that want, that, that thirst that we have deep down inside. Um, some of us feel like our need, our, our wants are met, uh, that our thirst is quenched by having a healthy bank account or, or retirement plan. Uh, many people uh, feel like their thirst is quenched by, by relationships. I mean, looking at the woman, if you keep reading uh, the passage past verse 15, if you start in verse 16, you're going to find that this woman has been married multiple times and she's living with a guy right now who is not her husband. And, and so she was turning to relationships to quench that spiritual, emotional, mental thirst that she had. Um, some of us turn to uh, comfortable living a- as a way to quench our thirst. Um, and some, uh, many, literally turn to physical food or drink to, to satisfy that, that thirst, that, that quenching that we desire. Um, you know, alcoholism, drug addiction, uh, food addiction. There are so many things that people turn to and either lean into and place their trust in or they get addicted to because they're looking 
for their thirst to be quenched. Not a physical thirst for water, but a thirst that is spiritual, that's mental and emotional. Please hear me clearly. We are constantly trying to satisfy the need deep down inside that we have, but only Jesus can truly meet that satisfaction. Only He can eternally and truly satisfy that thirst that we have deep down inside. Only Jesus can be the living water in your life and my life. You see, Jesus wants to be everything that you need in life. He wants to be the whole, that, the, the thing that fills the hole that you feel deep down inside. He, he wants to be your comforter, your counselor, your provider, your strength in times of weakness. He wants to take your fear and your worry and your anxiety. But if you, you have to be willing to, to submit to him and to his perfect will and rule of your life in order for that to take place. You see, when we've got Jesus, nothing else matters. Nothing else uh, is important when it comes to comparison to Jesus. He is everything we need. He wants to replace all of those things in your life that have never really satisfied. All of those things that you keep coming back to because you need more and more and more. Jesus wants to replace that. And he wants to be that perfect living water that perfectly satisfies for you. Um, that's what he means when he says, uh, he talks about it himself being a spring of water welling up to eternal life. It's a spring that constantly provides water. If you know anything about springs, they're always uh, bubbling up water. They're always producing water. Uh, and your life can always be satisfied when you live in Jesus. Your eternal existence can be guaranteed. When you die, you can know what is going to happen after death. Jesus is the answer to all of that. Jesus is the answer to, to the thirst that you feel in your life. Uh, again, if you're not a follower of Jesus and you've got questions, please contact us. We would love the opportunity uh, to talk to you and have discussion about what that looks like in your life. If you are a follower of Jesus, here's my challenge today. We are always turning to other things in life uh, for our satisfaction, relationships, money, possessions, food, drink, alcohol, drugs, whatever it may be. Guys, hear me clearly. Jesus wants to be your satisfaction. He wants to be your all in all. He wants to be the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the everything that you need in life. And he can be that. But hear me clearly. If he is going to be all of those things for you, if he is going to satisfy your thirst by being your living water, you have to be willing to turn your back on all those other things. Uh, the dependency and trust on wealth, uh, the, the dependency and trust uh, on relationships or, or physical needs being met, whatever it may be that has been satisfying your thirst temporarily, you have to turn your back on trusting those things and trust in Jesus alone. Money 
is not always guaranteed. The markets go up and down, people uh, lose jobs or have hours cut. Money is not a guaranteed safety net. It comes and it goes. Relationships, uh, friendships, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, uh, those are always going to let you down. People will always let us down. Uh, physical uh, things within this world are never going to fully satisfy. We have to turn our trust, not to those things, but turn our trust to Jesus and then submit our lives to Him and what He calls us to do. So my question today is simply this, what are you placing your trust in? What is that thing? What is that, that element of life that you've been using to satisfy your thirst for all these years? What is that thing that's holding you back from fully having faith and fully trusting the salvation, the rescue that Jesus can provide for you? What is it that's holding you back from totally and completely trusting Jesus today? That's the question. Almighty God, we thank you so much for today. And Lord, we thank you that you are the living water and our prayer today is that you would help us to turn our back on trusting all of the, the other things of life that offer to temporarily quench our thirst and instead turn to the one and only living water. Lord, help us to completely and wholly place our faith and trust in you. So Lord, help us to turn our lives uh, into better, more close relationship with you so that we can follow and obey you in all that we do. So Lord, we thank you and we praise you and we lift all of this in Jesus' name, amen.